together, Psalms 34. And I'm going to read several verses tonight. You know, I didn't get to preach around Thanksgiving. I was gone last Sunday and last Wednesday and didn't get to preach on Thanksgiving much. And uh, I went back and was studying over some messages the Lord had given us last week and the week before and didn't feel led to preach them. And the Lord actually gave us something a little bit different on that line tonight that I want to share with you just for a few minutes. So I do appreciate uh, Brother Nate preaching and Brother Rogers preaching for us, Brother Matthews filling in for us. It's wonderful to have godly men that will step in uh, sometimes at a moment's notice uh, when I have to be gone. Psalms 34, let's pick up in verse 1. The Bible says, David speaking here, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, O let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Now watch verse 8. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in, the, in him. Let's stop there and pray together. Lord, thank you for a great day. Thank you for a great spirit this morning. Thank you, Lord, for moving of your spirit, decisions that were made today. And thank you, Lord, to be uh, the privilege to be back amongst your people in your house. And thank you for your word tonight. Help us as we preach the message you've given us. Give us grace and liberty. I pray that, Lord, you help us receive it. Help us respond tonight. Help us not, Lord, just to come and sit and leave, but to come and hear and receive. And I pray your will would be done. We do pray especially for so many in our congregation tonight, good people, faithful people, Father, who... Uh, Lord, has served you through, through their lives here at Central. Many are battling illness and disease. I do pray for healing for them and for grace uh, where, Lord, it's not your will to heal. And, Lord, I just pray your will be done tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, I was thinking on the way home from Louisiana on Thursday that, um, you know, Thanksgiving sometimes gets the short end of the stick uh, because, right, as we preached a little bit about this morning, on the tail end of Thanksgiving is Christmas. And sometimes we, we rush to get through Thanksgiving. Why? Because, well, Christmas is just on the other side. And, you know, I have nothing against Thanksgiving whatsoever, but I always look forward to Christmas. One of my favorite holidays kind of last the entire month of December. But here's what I'm worried about tonight. I'm worried that if we're not careful... We will equate the seasonal holiday of Thanksgiving with a seasonal thankfulness, all right? Let me repeat that. If we're not careful, we'll kind of rush to get through the Thanksgiving season and have a a seasonal holiday, and then we will overlook and have a seasonal thankfulness rather than having a lifestyle of thankfulness where we're thankful uh, for each and everything the Lord blesses us with, with. We'll just have a temporal time where we focus on the goodness of God in our life. But as we read throughout Scripture, we'll find that Thanksgiving is something that is not seasonal. Matter of fact, Brother Green said it well the other day at at Jolly Keens. We were talking about Thanksgiving, and Brother Green said, and I wrote it down, he says, Thanksgiving isn't a holiday and yet should be a lifestyle. I don't know an ever truer quote than that. Thanksgiving shouldn't just be a holiday that we get through and say, okay, God, I took some time to give thanks, but now we're past Thanksgiving. We're looking forward to Christmas, and Thanksgiving is over. Scripturally, Thanksgiving doesn't end with the last turkey leg. That's one of my favorite parts of the turkey. 
You know, oftentimes the other parts get dry, don't they? I like the, the turkey legs. Man, we go on vacation. I try to find me a big old smoked turkey leg, walk around like Henry VIII. Brother Richard, I don't know if you saw those when you was on vacation, but I love walking around. Just, just something manly about eating a turkey leg, isn't it? I don't know. There's not a whole, whole lot of men left in America anymore. They might like, may like something else, you know, spam or something. I just like a turkey leg, walk around with it. And, you know, just because the last turkey leg is gone doesn't mean that the holiday of Thanksgiving should be over and our time of thankfulness should be over. Give you a few scriptures, Ephesians 5, 20, the Bible says, giving thanks always for all things, not just in November. First Thessalonians 5, 18, the Bible says, in everything, give thanks. That doesn't just say November. Hebrews 13, 15, the Bible says, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to him. Now, folks, right here, we're on the heels of Thanksgiving and say, well, we've made it through Thanksgiving. Now we're looking forward to Christmas. But the truth is tonight, even though we're through the holiday of Thanksgiving, we should never get over our thankfulness. But being on the heels of Thanksgiving, the holiday could prime our pump just a little bit to keep a mindset of Thanksgiving going throughout our entire life. So tonight we're going to look at this thought of transitioning from Thanksgiving to thanks living, okay? From going from Thanksgiving to thanks living to where what we're going to do is rather than spend a season of Thanksgiving during November, we're going to try to find each and every day of our lives something to be thankful for. Now, notice. Psalms 34, what David says in verse 1. The Bible says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise, now watch the next two words, shall continually be in my mouth. Here's David saying, I have something to continually to be thankful for. Now, folks, if there's anything tonight that I believe God's people ought to be known for is to be thankful people. We should be grateful and thankful and have an attitude of gratefulness for all the things that God has done for us throughout each and every day of our life. Now, here's what's interesting. Do you notice the footnote at the top of Psalms 34? Uh, my Bible says David's praise of God and exhortation to others. A Psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech who drove him away and he departed. Now, notice the specific context of David's thankfulness. I love this story. David was always on the run from Saul. Uh, David was always running for his life. And so finally David runs to the Philistines to hide out. And for a little while he was able to lay low. And now he's been discovered. And he comes before Abimelech. And what does David do? Uh, David begins to act crazy. Why? He's thinking to himself, you know, at the last ditch effort, just plead insanity and maybe they will get me out of here. And that's exactly what God did. He began to act insane and finally he just says, get that guy out of here. Uh, now, sometimes I think that's what people do when they come in my office. They, they just act crazy and I tell them to get out of there, but it doesn't work. They just hang around all the same anyway. So here's David. Everything's going wrong. Saul's chasing him. He's running for his life. He's hiding in the enemy camp of the Philistines. He comes before Abimelech. Things could go very badly. And lo and behold, God comes through for him. So David sits down on this occasion. And he begins to write Psalms 34. And in Psalms 34, we have some things David gives us that we can be continually, notice verse 1, shall continually be thankful for. Let's look at just a few of them tonight, if we could, following up on the heels of Thanksgiving. Just something tonight I think God would have us to be mindful of each and every day of our life. Notice verse 4. The Bible says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me 
and delivered me from all my fears. Now you think about David on the run for his life. Nothing seems to be going right. It seems like everywhere he runs, somebody's trying to kill him. Even, even his own king is trying to kill him. And yet in David's fear and David's worry, the Bible says in verse 4, I sought the Lord. David in this place where things could have turned south real quick, the Bible says he turned to the Lord and he found the Lord faithful. Notice the first area we're to give thanks continually for tonight. Number one, for a God who's there. David says, I sought the Lord. Can I ask you something? Here you are. You're running for your life. You're in the enemy camp. You're about to be discovered. I mean, it may not end very well. And lo and behold, David turns to God. He finds God there. He finds God willing to listen. And he finds God delivering him. And David says, listen, no matter what goes on the rest of my life, I have something to be thankful for. And I have something to be thankful for in the fact that my God is always there. Folks, can I tell you something tonight? Do you ever feel like the world's out to get you? Come on now, it, it really is. I never thought there was a day in my life, I never thought that I would actually be one of those people who could possibly go to jail for preaching the word of God. But I'll be honest with you, in the last probably five years, I've seen it pop up on the radar and I begin to wonder that maybe there come a time where my own country would turn against me for doing the will of God. And boy, you feel like the world's just out to get you. Well, it might just be out to get you. It is. This world's contrary to us. The Bible says in this world we'll have tribulation. There's going to be persecution. You're going to get to a place sometime in your life where you're going to feel like you don't have any friends in the entire world. That's where David was in Psalms 34. So my daughter did that. I forgot this story. My wife and I went to a Dodgers game several years ago. We were in Los Angeles, and uh, my dad kind of spent a few years of his life there. And I wanted to go to a Dodgers game, kind of like my dad did as a kid, kind of nostalgic, sentimental guy I am. And uh, we're sitting there in the ballpark, and you know they had the beach balls. They start hitting the beach balls around the stadium, and I didn't know that was a no-no. Uh, they weren't supposed to do that. And so they had these, they had these, you know, these sheriffs walking around basically, and they were there to catch all of the beach balls. I did not know that. All right? I just thought it was a game thing. We all played around, all hit the ball, and they hit them all the way around the stadium. And so lo and behold, here comes the beach ball. It's come, everybody's hitting it, and it's coming. I cannot wait until it comes to me, and I get to participate in part of this great American pastime of hitting the beach ball in Dodger Stadium. And so all of a sudden, it's coming in my area, and it's floating down. Now it's in slow motion. It's coming toward me. I'm getting ready to hit the beach ball, and I look down, and there's one of those ball sheriffs right there. He looks up at me, and he goes... Look, there's a rebel inside of all of us. You ask my wife, she was there. All the people in the left are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm like, I want to, I want to. But he says no. And he's like. And I'm looking over there, and they're like, yeah, yeah you know. And, and all of a sudden, it came to me, and it landed in my hands. And he looks at me, and he says. And everybody's like, no, no, yeah. He walks up the stairs, and I give him the ball. I'm a rule follower, okay? I try to be a rule follower when I can. All of a sudden, I felt like the entire Dodger Stadium turned on me. They're just, I mean, my wife even moved two seats away from me. She didn't want to sit with me anymore. I'm sitting there. I didn't feel like I had a friend in the entire. No, my wife didn't move around. She sat there beside me. I gave the guy a ball. I think he pulled out a pocket knife. You know, he was just vehement about no beach balls there in Dodger Stadium. Everybody was just booing me. 
And I felt like I didn't have a friend for my wife. I needed security to walk me to my car because I was afraid I was about to get jumped for giving the guy the beach ball. Now, folks, I knew nobody was going to hurt me. But, boy, I felt like I didn't have a friend in the world in that moment. Can you imagine how David felt? Here's David on the run from his life. He's running from his own friends. He didn't even have friends anymore. Listen, his king wanted to kill him. He's in the enemy camp. Now the enemy king wants to kill him. And David doesn't have anybody to turn to. And in that moment, David turned and he found that God was still there. David says, I just got to write this down. As a matter of fact, I love how he leads the chorus in here. Look down, if you will, to verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. David's like, hey, why don't we all just sing about the goodness of God? Because when everybody else forsakes you and everybody else goes home, the Lord's going to be there. And thank God today that no matter what happens in 2021 and what happens in 2022, you and I serve a God who's always there. He's always there. Hey, look, listen, you might be like Paul and Silas in prison, and you can still sing. Why? Because God's still there. You might be like Daniel in that lion's den, and you're thinking, my soul, I'm all by myself. No, he wasn't sleeping because he was by himself. He was sleeping because he knew the Lord was there even in the lion's den. Now, can I tell you something tonight? I don't know exactly how it went down with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All right? Here they are. We know they're tied up. We knew they were thrown in. I'm sure that didn't feel good when they hit the ground, all right? So I don't think they were probably singing when they hit the ground. But I think a few minutes after they hit the ground, and all of a sudden their ropes were burned, they realized they weren't burned. I think all of a sudden they began to relax a little bit. So how do you know? They're walking around, and they weren't huddled up in a corner crying. We know that. The Bible says they were walking around in the midst of the fire. Watch this. I kind of sort of feel like they were not panicked in there. I kind of feel like that they weren't putting a game plan together on how we're going to get up here and whoop those guys. I think they were walking around relaxed. I think they had peace. Why? Because they knew he was there, even in the midst of the fire. So here's David in the midst of all these things that are against him. My voice is like a teenage boy, doesn't it? <clears throat> It's going out. Well, I hollered at somebody yesterday. It sounded like a sick rooster. It was horrible. Pray we'll go ahead and get through this. Can I tell you something? Look, you've always got something to be thankful for. If the economy crashes, if politics implode, if your family forsakes you, if you get bad news from the doctor, hey, I hate that tonight, but can I give you some encouragement? God's still there. God's still there. What did David say? He says, I'm going to praise the Lord continually. Why? Because when I sought the Lord... He says, he was there. He was there. I found him there. One of my favorite verses is Psalms 46, 1. The Bible says, God is our refuge and our strength. Listen close. A very present help. Oh, my soul, there's a lot of things absent tonight, aren't there? The economics are absent. Financial security is absent. Maybe your 401K is absent. I don't know. There's a whole lot of stuff absent. Can I tell you one thing that you've got to be thankful for? You serve a God that is a very present help. He's still there. By the way, can I just throw this out here to you tonight? You may get to a place where you're not sure who you can trust. David didn't know who he could trust. His own king was trying to kill him. You don't know who your friends are, know who your enemies are. If you're not careful, you'll become cynical. And you'll become distrustful. You're thinking, I don't know who I can trust around here if things falling apart. And all of a sudden, you start putting your dukes up. 
feel like you're getting backed into a corner. Can I tell you, being cynical and distrustful are not fruits of the Spirit? Not a very good advertisement for the Lord that we serve. Matter of fact, my Bible says the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. That's the fruits of the Spirit. You say, well, how do you have things like that? By being thankful to a God who's always there. Hey, he's never going anywhere. He's always there. Matter of fact, what did, go on, what did the Bible go on to say in Psalms 46? Listen to how detailed he gets in this present help we have. Therefore, will we not fear, though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with swelling thereof. What did he say? We have a very present help that you can look to, and he's going to be there. If the entire earth itself falls away, God's still there. you got something to be thankful for. You say, well, my bank account just went away. My stock just went away. It's gone. My friends went away. It all fell away. God says, even if the earth falls away, you got something to be thankful for, that you serve a God. He's still Still there. He's still there. Every once in a while I'll get scared, boy, in our house. Boy, lights get dark outside. And man, you we, we got married. What do we have? A twin bed? Is that what we had? Full size bed? I can't remember that. A twin, full, double. They just narrow them down. Small, medium, large would be great. This America. Make it simple. Full, that we had, full size bed. And uh, that was the bed we slept in. Full size bed that probably the first 10 years of our marriage or more. And so my wife was not very far away. Now we have this king size bed. And she sleeps on that side of the farm, and I sleep on this side of the farm. And every once in a while, you know, it gets scary there in the house, and you know, you'll hear a creak in the night, or you hear something. And you know, used to, I just had to do this, make sure she was there. And now I kind of have to stretch way over here. Boom. He said, Get your cold feet off of me. Did your wife do that? You know, don't touch me with those claws or something like that. That's what she does. I'll reach out. She's still there. She's still there. Make sure, hey, she's all right. She's, she's still there. Isn't it good? Listen, you got something to be thankful for tonight. Isn't it good in the time, the day and age we're living in, everything's falling away, everything's falling apart. You reach out, he's still there. He ain't gone anywhere. Hey, you got a reason to smile. You got a reason to have joy, love, peace, difference. Why? God is still there. David says, verse 4, watch this. I sought the Lord. He was thankful for a God that was still there. Look down at verse 7 quickly. The Bible says, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. I was reading this this afternoon. I couldn't help but think about this. All right? The Bible says, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. Imagine how much peace you would have if God was camped out in your backyard. Why don't you think about it? What does it say? The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. I don't know of a whole lot that scare you. Watch this. All of a sudden, something begins to bring fear upon your heart and your mind and your life. You look out the mini blinds, you look out, the Lord's tent still camping out there. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Why? Because the Bible says the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth him. Look out the window, God's still there. Hey, doesn't matter, Bigfoot's in your front yard. Hmm, God's in the backyard. All of a sudden, aliens land in your front yard. Oh, what are we going to do? Zombie apocalypse. Everybody's preparing for that. Somebody gave me bullets the other day. I'm not joking. AR-15 bullets for a zombie apocalypse. They were free, so I took them, okay? And if it happens, I'm loaded and ready. You come to my house. I'll protect you. We're worried about all these things. But hey, imagine looking out your window, seeing God's camped out in the backyard. I don't know the whole lot to be worried about. Government takeovers and conspiracies. Look out the back window. God's still there. I'm not worried. Hey, you got something to be thankful for tonight. What do you got something to be thankful for? Verse 4, that you can seek the Lord, and he is still there. Number one. How do we go from thanksgiving to thanksgiving? Be thankful for a God who's there. Number two, 
Notice the second thing in verse number four. He says, I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he heard me. Not only was it a God that was there, number two, David was thankful for a God who hears. He's thankful for a God who hears. Now, I think about David before Abimelech. Things could have gone bad. All right? Before David went into his insanity plea, he's standing there. I don't think David prayed a prayer out loud. I don't think David says, would you give me a moment to stop? Oh, Heavenly Father, I pray for your divine intervention in this mess that I've gotten myself into. I honestly believe David just whispered a prayer. Say, Lord, I can't go home. I'm here at the enemies. Here's Abimelech. Okay, if you don't do something, I'm in trouble. And I think he just whispered a prayer. But David writes Psalms 34 as a psalm of thanksgiving. What did he say? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Why? Because God heard when he whispered his prayer. Aren't you glad tonight we serve a God who can hear those prayers that we whisper? I looked up the words of the song this afternoon, whisper a prayer in the morning, whisper a prayer at noon, whisper a prayer in the evening to keep your heart in tune. How many times have you been going down the road, your heart's heavy about something, you're tempted to worry about something, you're tempted to doubt God, you're tempted to listen to circumstances rather than just trust your Savior, and all of a sudden you say, God, you gotta handle this. Oh, you better be thankful tonight. You got a God who hears. What does it say? Verse 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me. He heard me. You know, this past week, boy, it was a tough week in our family. It's been a little while since we had a kind of a, a season in our own family with my wife's grandfather and my aunt passing away and uh, a lot of things going on at one time. And, you know, as a pastor, you feel the need. You feel compelled to try to, to be there and to do something. My wife's uh, grandfather has been healthy, strong, kind gentleman his, his whole life and been so good to me the time, the 20, well, 17 years have been in his family and uh, to see his health declining a little bit and maybe his, his mind from time to time drift a little bit. Uh, that's tough to watch. Well, I go in there and I'd sit down and talk with him and I have to tell you the story about my wife. He always called her Peanut. He just said, hey, come here, Peanut. Hey, come here, Peanut. That's what he always ca- calls her and he was in the living room the other day, and Leslie walks in, and he says, hey, hey, you, come here. And Granny says, you know who that is. He says, well, of course I do. That's Donut. Come here, Donut. And so Leslie's gone from peanut to donut, so she, she'd love you to call her that if you, if you feel so inclined to be some of her inner circle, call her, call her Donut. You know, there's nothing I can do for Papa. I can't help him with what's going on in his heart and his mind. I can't help him. I can't help his body. And when, when my, my, my dad called and said my aunt passed away, I, I can't help there either. Nothing I can really say to him to help and to bring healing. There's nothing, nothing I can do. But you know what I can do? I can whisper a prayer. Yes, sir. And I can talk to one who's willing to listen. And he can give them what they need and do for them what I can't do. Thank God I have a God who not only is there, but he hears. He hears. Heard a story of a little girl one time. Every time her mom would bring a plate to the dinner table, 
her dad would complain about it, put the plate down on there, and he'd say, man, this chicken looks dry, and why don't you bring me collard greens again, and, you know, all this, that, and the other complain about it. Then he'd sit down, thank you, Heavenly Father, for this wonderful food that you have blessed us with. Amen. So the little girl looked at her dad. She's just confused, you know, childlike faith. They, they don't know better than just to ask honest questions. If you ask her dad, she says, God, Dad, does, does God hear us when we pray? He goes, of course he does. He says, well, Dad, does God hear us like when we're not praying and just talking? Well, of course he does. And the little girl looked at her dad. She says, then which words does God believe? The word said during the prayer or the word said before the prayer? He's always listening. Sometimes when we don't like it, he's listening. But aren't you glad that he hears? He hears, you know? been a lot of things in the last couple of years I've had to talk to the Lord about, a lot of things that I didn't know. Can I tell you today, I'm so thankful that I have a God that not only is there, but he's listening and he hears. Psalms 40 verse 2, the Bible says, there was a time that David cried out to God. The Bible says, he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. Do you know when he did that? When David cried unto him. He cried out to God and he says, God, you see where I am. You see the state I am. You see the needs I have in my life. And the Bible says he brought me up also. Do you know what it means? It means God was listening. It means God was listening. Sometimes it, we would do well not to tell anybody else. Now look, I believe we ought to bear one another's burdens. Nothing wrong with that. But sometimes we neglect to talk to the one who can really do something about it. He knows the needs of our hearts. Matter of fact, Isaiah 59 1 reminds us the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. Oh, you have a reason to be thankful tonight. So you don't understand what's going on with my job, and I may lose my job, and you don't understand my family. We have this problem right now, and we got together for Thanksgiving, and a, a family brawl just broke out. You know, that happens from time to time. Get everybody in one room, you never know what's about to happen. You just don't understand all that we're going through and all that. I don't know that we're going through, but I do know tonight that I can still be thankful that I have a God who's there and a God who hears. He's listening. As a matter of fact, he's waiting for us to come before him and to bring our petitions to him. I love what the Bible says in verse 6. Look down. Let's just keep reading through this psalm before we close tonight. Verse 6, the Bible says, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. You know, the Bible uses that word poor. Do you know what it means? You think about the poor. The poor cannot get an audience of someone. The poor are not able to go before the king and say, king, I have this problem in my life. The poor don't have that kind of clout to gain an audience with the king. And yet David says here, I was that poor one, that undeserving one who had no right to go before the king. And yet I was allowed to go before the very throne of grace. And not only was he willing to, to, to see me, he was willing to hear me. Do you remember when you were lost? When you were dead in your trespasses and sins, that was us. Verse number six, this poor man cried. There was a day where I was lost. My righteousness was as filthy rags. Listen, I deserve no audience with the king of kings and the Lord of lords, but he welcomed me into his presence through what his son did for me on the cross. And this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. Now, come on, folks. If you can't smile over that one, you need to get saved tonight, okay? Let's hear me out. Look, you were that poor man one time, undeserving of the audience with the king, and yet he allowed us to come into his presence. That veil of the temple was rent. We came before Almighty God. He heard us, and then what did he do? 
And the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. You got something to be thankful for tonight. Why? The Lord's let you say, well, I've emailed the government 15 times about gas prices. How's that working for you? <laughs> Keep on emailing them, okay? They're not going to listen to you. I don't even think Coke ever got my petition to bring back the black Coke Zeros. I don't think they're ever going to do it. They're not listening to me. That's okay. Well, Coke didn't listen to me. My, my representative official, they're not even listening to me. Hey, but you still got something to be thankful for. There's a God in heaven who's listening to you. And he could do more than the government can if we just spent more time carrying him our petitions. Now, now folks, watch, watch what the Bible says in verse 6. This poor man cried. He was undeserving. That was us. You ever feel that way before the Lord after you get saved? You ever feel like the poor man again? You go up and you want to knock on that door to talk to the Lord again. And you're like, ah, it's, it's me again. It's me again. I messed up again. The thing I asked you to forgive me up for the other day, I, I messed up again. And you're that poor man. And yet God doesn't run us off the front porch. He hears us. He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Sometimes I'm like Jonah. I'm that poor man in the belly of the whale. And sometimes my own decisions have swallowed me up. You ever been there? Your own bad decisions have swallowed you up, and you're there in the, in the belly of the well, undeserving. But what did the Bible say? I've told you this before. I love, I love the, the way the Lord wrote Jonah 1 and Jonah 2, where the Bible says now in, in chapter 1, verse 1. And you look at chapter 2, verse 1, it says then. A lot happened between now and then. Surely God's like, nope, not listening to you. Not answering the phone, not answering the door, not checking the mail. I don't want to hear from you, boy. I told you where to go. I told you what to do. You knew it clearly. I sent a storm. You slept through the storm. Nope, forget it. And then lo and behold, in the belly of the well, what did the Bible say? Jonah chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible says that he cried into the Lord. And for nine verses, Jonah pours his heart out to the Lord, and the Lord doesn't say anything. And finally, when Jonah finishes in verse 10, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Do you know what that means? That means God heard him. If God could hear Jonah, he can hear you. Well, you say, well, God doesn't want to hear from me. No, no, God listens to the poor. Verse number six, somebody who's really talented in this room tonight needs to write a song entitled, The Poor Man Cried. That's all of us. We're the poor man, undeserving, and yet you ought to be thankful we have a God who hears and finally. I'll give you this. I got five minutes to fit in this last one and so you don't protest tonight, okay? Look down to verse eight. The Bible says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O oh, fear ye the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. I want you to notice a common denominator in verse 8 and verse number 10. The common denominator is the word good. It's the word good. You know, it's easy right now. I taught our teens this other day in chapel. It's easy right now to focus on everything that is not good. There's a lot not good. If you focus on what's not good, you're going to start being fearful, and you're going to become doubtful. 
if you focus on all that is not good. But wait a minute, watch closely. David was ever mindful that verse number 9, the Bible says, uh, verse number, I'm sorry, verse number 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. The third reason tonight, you can be continually thanks, not just have a season of thanksgiving, but learn how to live in thanks living is number three, for a God that is good. You can be thankful tonight for a God that is there, for a God that hears, and for a God that is good. Now, here's what I love about this verse. When the Bible says the Lord is good, it's not talking about times, all right? It's not talking about times. Uh, we, we, I think I've probably said this about my kid. You've probably said this about your kids. If not, I've probably said this about your kid uh, before. You say, man, that seems like such a good kid. You say, well, they are at times. At times. You know, they're good at times when they're sleeping, like some of them are right now, you know. If you ever need help putting your kid to sleep, you call me. Look, just put them on the phone when they're not wanting to go to sleep, and I'll just preach a short little message. They're gone. I can put them all to sleep. I love our kids. I really do. They're good at times, all right? When the Bible says the Lord is good, it's not talking about, hey, God was good here and God was good there and God was good there. No, no, no. It's not talking about the times that God was good. God's goodness is an inseparable part of his character. It's who he is. It's not just what he can do. God does what he does because he is what he is. When you read Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good. It was good because he is good. All right? All right? He does good things because he is a good God. By the way, that will never, ever change. God is good. All right? So here's what you have to be thankful for tonight. No matter what is not good, God is good. You know, we teach our kids that in the prayer when they pray. What do they say? God is good. God is great. I think we need to learn that one again. God is still good. And God is still great. Now, remember the context. David, on the run from his lot for his life, standing before Abimelech. Things could turn out really, really bad. And yet David says, boy, God delivered me. I'm going to write this psalm about how good God is. And God told him exactly what to say. I'm a God that's there. I'm a God that hears. And I'm a God that's always good. You know, we used to say that in churches years ago. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Remember that? Maybe we should do that every once in a while just to remind us exactly who God is. This is a reason we should always be continually thankful. Psalms 118.1, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For he is good. That's the God you serve. Have you ever studied out any of the other pagan gods that exist in this world and that people worship? No slight to Muslims or Buddhists, but I've studied their gods, and oh, they can be cruel. They can be cruel. What a blessing it is for us to be able to introduce them to a God that is good. He doesn't just do good from here and there and every once in a while. That's part of who he is. God is good. Tonight, I believe we as God's people could be a tremendous witness to this world if we were simply more thankful. I'm not talking about in November, a time of thanksgiving. I'm talking about a time of thanks living to where we live in gratitude and thankfulness for not just what God's done, but because of who he is. He is good. People ask you, I've told so many people this lately. People ask you, why are you smiling? Why you have peace? Why you have joy? Why do you have contentment? They say, there's not a whole lot good going on anymore. 
I mean, we have folks in our church with cancer. We have folks uh, that, 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 that uh, are suffering right now from uh, needs of the heart. We have people who have needs in their home. I mean, it just doesn't seem like there's anything good. Yes, there is. God is. God is. And imagine the witness we'd be to this world tonight if we just started to learn how to live a life of thanks living. Why? Watch this. For God is there. God is there. David says, I sought the Lord, and he was there in my darkest hour when it seemed like I didn't have a friend, and I was running from everything, and the world was about to cave in on top of me. I reached out, and I found God was there. I can be continually thankful for a God who's there, and not only is he there, he hears. How many people are lining up to ask you what are the troubles in your life? Probably not a lot, are there? But there's a God in heaven who can do something about the troubles of your life, who sits there with an ear that's not heavy that he can't hear. He wants to listen. You ought to be thankful you have a God that can hear and still wants to hear. And finally, you have a God that is good no matter what. God is good. Thanks, living. What a wonderful testimony tonight. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's stop there. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I hope you haven't gotten through Thanksgiving. I hope Thanksgiving is just beginning. 